This is a Coastal Community Church podcast. Welcome to Zoom Out, a weekly coastal podcast designed to assist listeners in seeing how God is working through everyday circumstances. Your host, Trevor Hill, is a gifted speaker and communicator and delivers these devotional insights for your growth and encouragement. Not long after I moved to Maryland, a friend asked me to join his men's indoor soccer team. He was polite, but honest about my recruitment. He told me how he knew I had little to no soccer skill as I had never played outside of gym class. Now, one would think that would put me pretty low on the invite list. However, he already had a number of older guys with a lot of skill, but most of them were out of shape and lacked hustle, a way in which he knew I could contribute in my early 20s. So I joined the team and we went through about seven or eight years of losing terribly. And personally, I scored a couple of goals over dozens and dozens of games. I'm a little embarrassed to admit that my skill in year eight was only slightly better than my skill in year one, but I did have a lot of fun losing. In my final year of playing, my wife and I decided to sign our five-year-old daughter up to play in an outdoor recreational soccer league. At the evaluation day, I asked what the options were for my three-year-old son. The league director told me he would allow him to play two on my daughter's team, but only if I coached the team. Now, remember, I had never played before attempting indoor soccer. Even after years of playing with my friend, my soccer skills were limited and my knowledge of the game or how it was supposed to be played outdoor was pitiful at best. And they're asking me to coach? To ensure our son was able to play also, I reluctantly, I agreed. Little did I know that what started as a deal to get my son an opportunity to play would turn into a 10-year investment as I coached one or both kids, always on separate teams after that first season. In the early years, I survived easily as coaching was more like herding cats than running plays and high-intensity skilled competition. Thankfully, in the years that followed, I found apps, books, websites, and YouTube videos that provided ideas for how to get my players to improve, and we won a few games as well. Now, I'm excited that both of my children will be playing in high school this coming season, and I get to just watch from the stands. In spite of their coach's ignorance over the past decade, their soccer skills have bloomed and taken off. Over the last few years of my coaching, they would regularly make a move on the ball, and I would joke to others. Not sure who taught them that, but man, that was impressive. You see, even though I didn't have all the answers, and I didn't even fully understand the game that well, I invested into my kids with what little I knew, and it made a huge difference. My kids love playing soccer and continue to do more and more in the sport because this poor guy shared what little he knew with them years ago. Like my introduction to coaching, we often hesitate to share our faith because we know there's a lot we don't know. To take on the responsibility of such an important topic without all the answers can lead some people to not even speak up. 
We weigh the risk of stepping out and struggle to say yes because we feel like what we know, or even we ourselves, are just not enough. There's a great story in the book of John that helps illustrate this point. In John 9, there was a man born blind who was healed by Jesus when he was an adult. Many people that knew him couldn't believe it and were astonished, not even sure it was the same guy. The religious leaders even called in his parents to confirm he was indeed the blind guy that they all knew. The tension was building quickly, as the claim was not only that Jesus had healed the man, but he also did it on the Sabbath, when these religious leaders believed no work should be done at all. So they went to the healed man to ask how he can now see. They wanted a miracle explained, particularly how could a sinner, Jesus working on the Sabbath, how could he have done that to his eyes? The man's response in verse 25 was fantastic. The formerly blind man tells them, as for whether he's a sinner or not, I don't know. One thing I do know is I was blind and now I can see. They should have all been thrilled. This guy can now see. He was blind and he can see. Oh my goodness, this is incredible. But instead, the religious leaders were just out to prove Jesus wrong. They were looking for a fight and they wanted answers. Now, you have to understand that the questions they asked fit the type of things that they spent their whole lives studying and debating and arguing. There is no way a guy who had been born blind had any chance of having the depth of knowledge and understanding that they had. Instead, he simply tells them, this is what I know. I can see because of Jesus. And for him, it was life-changing. All he knew was blindness. All he knew was begging. All he knew was the dark. And now, thanks to Jesus, everything was different. He didn't understand why, but he knew everything just got better. See, this is how we're to share our faith story. We don't have to have it all figured out. God wants us to tell others how Jesus has made a difference in our lives. Like the blind guy or me as a coach, we can share what little we know, and that can make the impact. The really cool thing is that months, years, or even decades later, someone's deeper understanding of God can sometimes be narrowed back down to your words, time, or investment in them. When visiting my parents a few years ago, my aunt told me how she ran into a guy I went to high school with, and that he had just returned from Nashville after being out on tour for his worship album. I barely remembered the guy from 20 years before in high school, let alone did I know he who was a musician. But it was fun to have a where-are-they-now kind of moment. However, she went on to share that the tour and so much of his life took a very different direction, almost. He told her how there was a time in high school when he was going to go to a party with his girlfriend to get wild and make some bad choices together. But he ran into me and I told him he could go, but I think he would regret it later. And if he asked God about it, the better choice would probably be not to go. He identified that conversation as a major turning point in his life. Now, I would love to tell you how I strategically planned that conversation to help a classmate choose the narrow path, but I honestly don't even remember ever having that conversation. It sounds like something I would say, and he clearly remembered it. But I had no idea the impact 
that one forgettable conversation out on this guy's life. Evidently, in that moment, teenager me shared what I knew to be true of following God without having all the answers, and it made a long-lasting difference. It's easy for us to thrust pastors and preachers into the limelight as those who speak up for God and point people toward Christ. Although that is hopefully their clear calling and purpose, it should also be our calling and purpose, regardless of how much we understand. One of the most well-known disciples is the Apostle Peter. He's the guy who temporarily walked on water when Jesus called him out of the boat. The same guy who adamantly told Jesus that he wouldn't let harm become of him, and he cut off a guard's ear when they came to arrest Jesus. He's the same guy who became a huge leader in the early church in the books of Acts. Peter did all this and so much more. But the part of the story that is often missed is what we see in John 1. Peter began following Jesus because his brother told him about the Messiah and took Peter to Jesus. The great things that Peter did as a follower of Christ started off by his brother Andrew sharing Jesus first. A little but significant step by his brother Andrew led to huge things in the life of Peter. It's kind of like the butterfly effect. A butterfly flaps its wings near a watering hole in Africa, startling one wildebeest that flees. The herd senses the danger and runs. Without the herd there to drink at the water, more water evaporates in the hot sun and forms a cloud. That cloud eventually travels across the Atlantic Ocean, builds size and power as it goes, and then it turns to a hurricane that devastates the east coast of the United States. A tiny impact from a butterfly eventually results in a devastating storm thousands of miles away. In a positive way, the smallest of things can eventually lead to incredible God-sized successes. But, as we read in the book of Romans, how will those who need to hear about God hear from Him if nobody ever talks about Him? Despite our limits, despite our lack of knowledge and experience, despite our fears, we're called to speak up, not to have all the answers, not to have it all figured out, but to talk about what God has done for us. So my challenge to you today, talk to someone and tell them your story about how God has made a difference in your life. Your sharing could be an opportunity to share your faith, or it could help provide more clarity into the change that has occurred, how you were blind, but now you see. And if you've never really seen the difference God has made in your life, I'd encourage you to ask someone about what God has done for them, and by that, you can better understand who God is.